Well, good morning, Becky. How are you doing today? I'm fine, John. How are you? Oh, just amazing. Thank you. It's Monday again, so you get to choose today. What are we going to talk about? Well, today's going to be a tricky one for you to pick sides on, I think. And before we get into it, I want to re-emphasize the fact that we are doing 15 minutes of research. So we're not going to delve into the validity of arguments. We're simply going to delve into the available arguments. You're prefacing it by saying that we're only going to re report on what we find in 15 minutes and that may not necessarily represent everything. What I'm stating is we're not making any claims. We're not making any facts one way or the other. We're discussing what a 15-minute research has shown up on this. Okay. So we're not going to delve into the validity of our sources, is what I want to say. So you're saying we may be saying things that aren't necessarily true. We're not, you're not saying that we're going to intentionally report lies. We may, we may be wrong, but we won't be lying. We're going to report what we've read. So I wanted to get that out there initially, because what we're going to do today is tick off the health food people, and the farmers all at the same time. Okay, what are we talking about? There's been a lot of discussion lately, and there's a lot of supposed new research and a lot of supposed old research into the safety of Roundup. Glycophosphate, if you will, the very, very common and popular weed killer that's sold in every hardware store and used by most farmers. Okay. There are a lot of claims right now for both sides stating that it's very valuable and that modern farming can't function without it, all the way to the claim that it's completely destroying the health of everybody on the planet and that the human race can't live with it. As usual, I'm assuming the answer is somewhere in the middle, but... I think we need to take 15 minutes and take a look at it. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and take the view that it is a necessary, maybe evil, but I'll take it as a necessary tool. Okay. So you're taking the farmer's side and I will take the conspiratorial side. All right. 15 minutes. Here we go. See you then. Thank you. Welcome back to the show, where John and I stump each other with topics to see what information we can find in just 15 minutes of research. All right, well, we're back. I have to say that was a very interesting research period. I can't say 15 minutes or Becky will laugh at me. <laughs> Becky, you get to start because you're the pro, or am I, am I the pro that it's harmful, or are you the pro that it is safe? I don't know. I'll take the farmer's perspective, we'll say that. Okay. I'm pro farmer here. Very good. The farmers are quick to point out that we have a growing population. With that comes the need of making sure that our procedures or whatever the farming word would be uh, is to make sure that everything we're doing is sustainable to keep the land that we currently have usable long term 
and make sure that our practices are you know safe at the same time so currently farmers even with their current practices of using this phosphate gly i knew how to spell it to do my search but pronouncing it is a different thing i do believe i've been saying glycophosphate but it's simply glyphosphate okay glyphosphate even with using glyphosphate farmers lose about 30 to 40 percent of their crops to weeds, pests, and disease. And it's estimated with that without some sort of crop protection that Roundup provides, these could easily double. They could lose upwards of 50% of their crops. And they found that no other weed control is as effective at keeping the weeds at bay, both practically and economically. So it's definitely good for making sure that the yield is there absolutely but the question becomes the yield at what cost we know that it is the most economical solution for them to use however let's look at a brief history it's been used since the 70s glyphosate has and the issue with its initial use was that it killed everything the weeds as well as the crops So in order to be able to use it with the crops, they had to genetically modify all of the crops to be Roundup ready or Roundup resistant is the common term used. I'm going to completely ignore the genetically modified crops debate for the rest of the time, but I did want to get it out there that all of the crops that glyphosate is used on are required to be genetically modified in order for it to be used. Some of the claims that are being made against it are that it causes cancer. It's actually currently tied up in lawsuits which are on appeal where Bayer, who has taken over for Monsanto in the glyphosate realm, has lost the lawsuit and it's currently in appeal to higher courts for the fact that it causes cancer. There have been studies showing it causes endocrine disruption, i.e. lower fertility and reproductive rates especially in young children. It's been clearly showed that it causes liver disease. It can cause kidney disease. One of the more prevalent issues seems to be it causes microbiome disruption. Now, what that means is Roundup can affect the biome in our guts. Our intestines are billions and billions of tiny bacteria That's why they sell probiotics all the time, which are designed to replace these bacteria or help supplement these bacteria. Well, Roundup, when you take this in the food, can actually disrupt the cell membranes and can disrupt that biome in your gut and can kill a lot of the good bacteria that are in your system that we need to be healthy, that our bodies need to thrive, and that can be disrupted. They're also showing that it has neurotoxicity. It's causing nervous issues, which can lead to such things potentially. Like I say, I want to emphasize that we did not do any research here as far as actual in-the-field research or in-depth, but they're potentially linking it with increased Alzheimer's and depression. Hmm. 
Yeah, like you said, this came on the scene in the 1970s. It's something that they monitor its safety, the agencies that are assigned to do that, and they reevaluate it every 15 years. But there was a public outcry in 2020 that made the EPA look into it, and they did not find any risk to human health. And like you said, it has gone to court and it is wrapped up into appeals right now, but the EPA's independent evaluation of it found that there's no risk. I guess it's going against everything you just said. said there's no risk to concern for human health. There's no indicator that children are susceptible to issues stemming from the use of this weed killer. There's no evidence that it causes cancer, and there's no indication that it is an endocrine disruptor. Again, that is what the farmers are being told. And again, this is done by an independent evaluator for the EPA. So I guess we're still waiting to hear if that has been upheld. That being said, it is further regulated to say you have to make sure that what you're selling to people does not have too much of this stuff on it. Farmers have to make sure that it is at or below a certain established amount of tolerance. Just like any food that you eat in manufacturing process has some things that are kind of disgusting on them. Like if you're making, I don't know, we'll just say fruit roll-ups, they just came to mind for some reason. You're allowed to have so much rat feces in it or something. There's an acceptable limit to it. Same thing for this Roundup. There's an established tolerance that they're allowed to have remaining. And if the government comes in and they do come in and they test your crop and they find out that your crop has too much of this, then the whole batch is thrown out and I'm sure there's fines on top of it. But they, you know, they are making sure that whatever product they use to make sure that their crops are free from weeds, they're making sure that it is at or below these established tolerances before it gets to your table. Okay, well, a couple things. Number one, I'm definitely not anti-farmer, as I do like and support the farmers. However, I'm questioning the tools that they're being given to be successful with. You say that everything's tested and regulated. I would question that it's ever tested. I do know that they have their set levels. However, it's very widely known in the farming industry that crops and weeds are becoming more and more resistant to Roundup, to glyphosate, and the farmers are having to use more and more of it in order to do the same job. It's losing its efficiency and effectiveness as time goes on, so more and more of it is being applied. They're also using it as a drying agent. Even though it's not a drying agent, they're spraying the crops late in the fall in order to kill the crops further, to kind of finish them off as they're starting to die, so that the crops are ready to harvest sooner. So it's not only being applied in the spring when it has time to kill the weeds, but then has time to work out of the system. It's being sprayed again right before harvest now as a drying agent. So that would, by nature, increase the dosage that people are getting. So we're dealing with increased dosage over time. Something that I recommend you do, go to any internet browser of choice and search graph of glyphosate versus... Leave it open-ended. And once again, these are not fact-checked by myself or Becky. 
but the graph of glyphosate versus diabetes when it was started being using and how diabetes is shot up is pretty dramatic. The graph of glyphosate in autism is an almost a mirror where as glyphosate use has increased, autism has increased. Now the graph of death due to intestinal infection is the exact same graph. All three of these are almost mirror graphs. And here's another one of IBS, irritable bowel and Crohn's disease, which would go to the biome argument that I was discussing earlier. I would say that correlation does not mean causation. These could be confounding variables or could be something else that's causing these things. It's not necessarily glyphosate. Absolutely. However, if you look at those graphs, it's very clear that something changed in the mid-70s to early 80s and is causing a lot of these diseases to go through the roof. Now, that could be how we classify these diseases, but I would argue that diabetes is not classified any differently. We have done something in our food supply which is causing these diseases to go. One of the main things that should be looked into is the glyphosate. You could argue another one may be the genetic modifications needed to use the glyphosate. However, something has changed according to the information I found in our food stream, in well, our food supply. It doesn't have to be necessarily something in the food. It could just be something else that also happened. But I definitely agree that looking at those graphs definitely suggests that something widespread has changed that is causing some issues here. Absolutely. And it's at the point where I, I would like to see a little bit more research. There have been research done by the World Health Organization which has come out and said in 2005 or 2015, I think it was 2015, that glyphosate likely does cause cancer. The following year, they did a merge survey with somebody else and said, oh, we were probably wrong, but we can't eliminate that it causes cancer, but we're now going to backtrack a little bit. So there's been a lot of controversial things rulings from the courts. There have been a lot of studies, both sides of the issue, showing that there could potentially be a cause. As with any major industry where there's billions and billions of dollars and billions of lives at stake from just food production alone, I think it's well worth looking into this a little bit more. But it's very hard to find research that isn't either done by casual internet searching on one end or completely funded by Bayer who produces glyphosate on the other end. Yeah, well again, I think this is one of those topics where people are going to go need to take up the torch and go do some more research on their own hopefully and uh, come up with a decision for themselves. I think you've given me some food for thought. <laughs> like that pun. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that about does it for today. Join us on Wednesday when I get to pick the topic. Outstanding. And as always, if you have any feedback from this episode, 15minuteexperts at gmail.com is our easiest way to get in touch with us. You can also reach us at Facebook and X, formerly Twitter, at 15minuteexperts. And this is the selfish part at the end. Make sure to like us on your podcast listener of choice and 
subscribe and give us five stars if you can. I know they all have different systems, but it really does help with our findability, if that's a word, and help the algorithm recommend us to others.